Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Welcome back and welcome into the midday grind. Twelve eleven, little late start to this show, but it's all just one big fun show because we had Chris Kerber joining us live from Bean Town. We're gonna go. Head right back to Boston and talk with Martin Kilcoin in just one second. The Charlie Marlowe, the skipper, Martin Kilcoin. It's uh, Charlie Marlowe, Jim Hewitt, Brian Hoffman, <laughs> Matt Rocchio now on the board for the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Martin Kilcoin, the skipper, joining us, I believe, still at the rink, not probably on the boat or back on the boat yet. <laughs> Martin, what's up? I would never be corrector guy. That's um, just not who oh, I am. Okay. Oh, It's against but, your nature, really. But... No longer at the rink, back at the headquarters, getting set to do a little editing back at our headquarters here on the boat. So we are on the boat. We are on board. We're ready for game two tonight. It's about, oh, I don't know, 40 degrees maybe outside and uh, overcast. And they say they're better than us. This city's weather sucks. (laughs) I'll tell you what, though. Back on the SS Gloria, and I have to say, Martin, you sound much better today. A little under the weather yesterday. I know you had you had some great live shots on Fox 2 from the SS Gloria. People really love those. They looked good. But you sounded a bit under the weather. You sound strong. You sound healthy today. Well, I had about 16 Manhattans last night, hoping that I could kill off <laughs> anything that was in my system. I don't know that that's prescribed anywhere. Dr. Rick I is cool with it. Dr. Rick, you get a little banged up, and then you're not hosed anymore. I do feel I feel better. I'm not 100, percent but this time of year, who is? But thank you, Charles. I am uh, feeling better. What could Chris Kerber possibly tell you about the Blues that I can't tell you? Come on. Oh he wait, some... he's actually he's actually an insider with the team, so you really don't need to ask me anything that you've asked him. No, I disagree. He had, he had some good nuggets. We're talking lineup, and also the story that you did for Fox Two about uh, Curbs, uh, basically telling John Kelly, "Look, you're you're going to call the second period." of these games in the Stanley Cup final. You deserve it. So that was pretty cool to hear from from Curbs there. The story that we ran on Fox 2 a couple days ago. And I got to say, I'm having it's not just being in Boston. I'm having some Keith Kachuk moments every oh, no. day, and it's not because I've got $50 million in the bank and I just don't care, but I really don't even remember what day it is. And if you want to think about how long the, the playoff journey and the Stanley Cup final can be, if there were a Game 7, it's two weeks from today. Jeez. Two, two weeks from today. Yep. Put that in your pipe if you've got a pipe and, and smoke it. But, no, I think the uh, curves, I'm sure, covered it. But it was a little interesting. You know, they try and be as coy as they can, but Ruby talks after the players. So we said, you're going to bring Fabry out? You're going to bring Fabry out? And the PR guy's like, well, it's not really our place to announce he's playing. And all the players are like, well, whoever plays, it'll be interesting. Well, whoever's out there. 
And then Schwartz is just like, yeah, we'll miss we'll miss Thomas, but Fabry will do just fine. I'm like, oh, there you go. So I looked at Tom <laughs> Timmerman. Like, I looked at Tom Timmerman. I'm like, I guess Schwartz isn't really interested in playing any games. Okay, Thomas is out. Fabry's in. And then later, the chief confirmed it, and he is so direct. He doesn't really have time to play these games either. They're like, who's in? He's like, Thomas is out. So he's not playing. He's not playing. Coach's decision. Coach's decision. Is he? In- he's injured. Oh, okay. That's all you needed to know. It was he. He had one of the shortest press conferences I've ever seen because every answer was like two seconds. Is that it? We good? Okay, thanks. But I think having Fabrian, who knows? Thomas was probably a little bit diminished recently, and you know we we saw it a little bit early in the playoff run. Maybe Fabry having the fresh legs maybe gives you something. So Martin, uh, in terms of today. Craig Berube, pretty short and sweet. Yesterday, we had some uh, some nice sound bites. I know you appreciated them. We played them on uh, Fox 2 yesterday. Jordan Bennington with the pupils and, and on something, and also Vladdy with the cool stats. Yeah, and Vladdy had no interest in it. It's weird because the league hands out all these sheets of paper, and everybody got the same piece of paper, and it said the winner of game one, 77% of the time, goes on to win the Stanley Cup. So that became a talking point for at least one guy that kept asking about it. Today, the latest NHL release, the winner of Game 2 has a 74.7 chance of winning the stand, or goes on to win it 74.7% of the time. How does that jive? Somebody do the math for me. That is a messed up way of looking at it. But I, I do believe, and you can tell us if we're wrong here, There, there's a lot of confidence in that Blues locker room through this whole process, yes? Yeah, I think... I mean, it's it's kind of who they've been all year when they had to win a game. You don't have to win tonight, although it would be a little bit bleak if you didn't. I think they just have been down this road so many times and just everybody's like, uh-oh, the other team looks really good. I think they've heard that narrative and maybe they're a little sick of it at this point. And all of these stats that we can throw out, it really doesn't mean anything. I mean, if, if Bennington doesn't play well or if Tarasenko doesn't play well, the stats about you know who won it in 1945 or in 1975, none of that really matters. So, <laughs> I think that they've got the right mindset. You got to play better. I think one thing they talked about, and we even said in the past, Schwartz scoring a lot of goals in the postseason. And if you visualize his goals, they've all been right in front. And he's not necessarily that kind of player, but he has been, and he's had great success during the playoffs. And they were saying, if you look at the other night, we were outside way too much, way too much. And it's a cliche. You got to get some traffic, get some traffic. But I think their real focus tonight is to just be parked in front as many times as they can. And maybe a guy like Pat Maroon, who was quiet in Game 1, needs to be a much bigger presence. We're talking with Martin Kilcoin live from the SS Gloria. I'm glad you brought up <laughs> Pat Maroon because watching that game, Game 1, and you're there covering it as well, it sure seemed like the third and fourth line for the Blues basically invisible. Like, we didn't talk about them at all except for the hit on Robert Thomas. Any discussion about why those lines weren't able to get going and what they can do better. And, and look, Fabry will be in tonight for that third line with Bozak and Maroon, and maybe that shakes things up. But how do you think the Blues can get those two lines rolling? Yeah, and I'm not sure what Fabry does to that dynamic. And, and somebody asked Barubi, and I think he gave that a two-second answer. But you basically had Bozak and Maroon and Thomas all clicking at the same time. So now you insert a Fabry. Does it change the dynamic a little bit? You're right. The fourth line was quiet. Barbershow's been quiet for a little while now. And that's when Boston got a lot out of their fourth line the other night. So I'm not sure that there's a key to the game. Or if, we, if we're doing picks to click, would it would be a Charlie Marlowe-approved pick if somebody went with a fourth liner. But I, 
I think I'll go Maroon tonight because I think he knows he's got to be in front. And I think he knows that that's, they're going to have to do something here, maybe a little more physical, but definitely in front. So I don't know what you can do to get those lines going, but I, my pick would be, is that an acceptable pick, Charlie? Is that allowed? Cause it is. And I want to say I picked Bozak because we asked Curbs because Curbs has been so red hot. He did mm-hmm. pick a fourth liner in uh, Sunquist. Sunny Sunquist, yeah. Well, it's- Curbs is... Curbs has been on this thing pretty good. I think Bennington will play well. That's another thing. If you look at the numbers, and it's his body of work all season long, coming off a loss and in playoff games, coming off a loss, he has played really well. He wasn't bad the other night, but I think he's going to be even better tonight. Off the ice a little bit with all the media there, Martin, is there anybody that's a little, I don't know, off the wall, a little different that you kind of stood out and went, well, that, that guy's different. He probably is just here for FaceTime. Well, I think... You know, the people that you see every day that are, you know, going to all the media scrums, you know, Steve Levy, Barry Melrose, mm-hmm. who you've seen for years covering the cup finals. Um, you know, there's the Pierre Lebrun of the world, people that follow the league right. closely. But, but in terms of having his own sort of presence, I would say Don Cherry, probably because he's sitting up high during the skate and he's with the guy. What's the guy's name? McLean? That he's yeah, with. McLean, yeah. Um, they're sitting and you never see him go anywhere near the rest of the media stuff. And I just you almost get the sense that he doesn't bother with the rest of us. He's he doesn't need to, you know. So I've seen him sitting up high, but he doesn't mingle amongst the other staffers. And Martin, give us some Bastion flavor as you're there docked in the Haba. You're eating your chowder. I had a guy on the the text line yesterday saying I have a, a terrible Boston accent <laughs> and to stop doing it, he called me a dork. That makes me want to do it even more. But I'm wondering as you're walking no, people, around, no people like this. I disagree. People, like this. <laughs> people like might this. not like this, but I'm actually doing it just despite this particular texture. Hey, did we did we realize yesterday it was also Kerber's birthday in addition to your yes. birthday in addition to David Perron? I mentioned that to Johnny Peralta when we interviewed him. As Rank well. those four. Your favorite four of those people: Johnny Peralta, Charlie Marlowe, Chris Kerber, and David Perron. Rank them. Um, boy, I, I'm gonna go first. I'll go Kerbs because it's that time of year. It's his time of year. Unbelievable. Then I'll go Perron. Then you probably got to go Peralta, right? Yeah. <laughs> Peralta also. We have the exact same birthday of May 28th. And then Charlie, you're not last. You're double, you're double lead off. I'll take that. <laughs> double lead off. I love that. I like that. But seriously, Boston's such a cool town, even though people, oh, I know we're supposed to hate them and they hate us and Emo's Pizza and all that. But wow. as you're walking around, does it feel like a Red Sox run? I mean, Boston wins so many championships it's almost not It's not even fair if they win another one. Like, as you're walking around, you're seeing Bruins fans with the shirts. I mean, what's what's the pulse? Yeah, I would say, you know, my, my view is somewhat narrow because we're always at the TD Garden or we're back editing and, think, you know, you go back and forth. But I think there's definitely a buzz. They're into it. I think it's such a big sports town. You know, like if you were in Atlanta and the hockey team were in the finals, you might not feel it or see any coverage. But Thrashers. Boston's so into sports, period that you can sense it around. And when you get close to game time, there's a lot of Bruins fans. I'm, I am surprised at the garden itself. The seats are all black and gold, just like the Bruins. I can't believe the Celtics put up with that because it's got a real Bruins flavor inside the building. Uh, yeah, they're spoiled. I mean, they've won so many times, but I think they're pretty into this. I mean, I think the Bruins being such an old franchise, you got a lot of hard, hardcore not as big as I mean they're never I just don't think you're going to be as big as the Sox in this town and never I mean I'm sure they know that but I would say that it's a weird town because it's spread out I mean I don't know how many people have been to Boston but for a huge east coast city it's not a huge skyline you really have just a city that's 
spread out all over. We did get some flavor last night. We're in Charlestown, and it's a historic area with Paul Revere and all of that. Bar. Went to, we went to a bar last night that they said was <laughs> the oldest bar, they said, in the U.S. It was right after the British burned everything down. They built it up, and this guy, Warren, had his own bar. He was one of Paul Revere's guys. Nobody knows their names, but it was Warren's bar. In this little, it felt kind of like George Tennis. A lot of history here, Charlie, and a lot of uh, good Manhattans. I love that, and I know even though you had a great time at the Paul Revere's Buddies Bar, you really would have preferred to be He's at Fast guy. Eddie's. His guy, your guy, Fast Eddie. Oh, one hundred percent, my guy, Fast Eddie, who had the, the line of the week so far. He said, "Hey, buddy, you look good, but you sound like bleep." And I'm like, "I'm working on it." And he said, <laughs> "Drink some orange juice." I did drink some orange juice, and it's helped. With so not only does Fast Eddie have a great spot in Alton, <laughs> Illinois. He also dispenses medical advice on the side. But if right now, if I could be anywhere, I'd be there eating a half-pound Fat Eddie burger, put a little cheese on there. Prices haven't changed. You know all about it. It's a tradition. Head on up to Alton, Illinois, 4th and Broadway. Can't miss it. If you haven't been in a while, get back. If you've never been, you're simply missing out. Fast Eddie's Bonaire. Once this run is over, Charles, once it's over, we're going to coordinate a big old trip up there. Maybe a bunch of Blues fans. Maybe we'll bring the cup to Fat. Maybe we'll bring a fake Ooh, cup to Fat. Oh, yeah. 100%. I like that. And Don't one more Yeah, one more quick question. I'm curious. And I'm guessing if there's a game five back in Boston, and, and maybe you go back, maybe uh, I don't I don't know. I don't care. I'm just wondering. Will we have rights to the SS Gloria to stay on the boat again? I don't know the legit. I don't know what the commitment was there. I don't know. This is the short answer. Um, do, are people into it? I, I didn't want to. You know what? Honestly, if you get too dorky this time of year, it's it's dangerous. We got a we got a hockey team to cover. You got to stay locked in, and you're not going to see me wearing the skipper's hat or anything like that. I did get a text from work that said our web team is referring to you as Captain Kilcorn. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna, I need to have uh, my staff look into it. I'm not sure yet, but I, I don't know is the short answer. All right. Good stuff but there, if, buddy. If, you, if you're here, Chuck, you need to go to Charlestown because you are Charles. All right. Love it. Good stuff. We'll see you on Fox 2 tonight, 5, 6, 9, 10, 11. All the coverage tonight for Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Final. Thanks, Matt. And all right. See you guys. Martin Kilcoin joining us live from the SS Gloria. From his boat. Docked in the Boston Habit. Hey, before we take a break, and I do want to uh, get to some Cardinals and some stats because when I take the time – to write down four or five stats on a piece of paper, okay? You, you we damn well better know I'm going to I'm gonna get to those stats. I'll tell you what, though. Next like, segment. Did you know that Cardinals are a game below 500? <laughs> also, hey, there has been a roster move, though, with uh, Lane Thomas being sent down to make room for Henesis Cabrera. The making starts today. Tonight's start against the Philadelphia Phillies. Let's play a couple cuts, though, just from today's morning skate. Craig Berube with some very short and sweet answers. Uh, clip one. Matt Rocchio on what the Blues need to do and improve on in Game 2 tonight. Manage the puck a lot better. Um, again, you know, we had a good first period. We were tight, connected. Thought the second period we got loose, um, not supporting the puck enough and uh, just turning it over in the wrong areas. Really, you know, fueled their momentum and the penalties for sure, too. we got to clear up the penalties. We can't take five penalties in a game. Ruby also on Tyler Bozak and Pat Maroon playing without Robert Thomas this evening. It's a change for sure, but, uh, you know, these guys are better and players have been around a long time, and uh, so they'll be fine. I mean, you know, they're just going to be a different look for them. That's all. And finally, Ruby on Robbie Fabry, if he's in. 
He's a tenacious player. He's quick, gets on the puck. He's a competitive kid. He's got the ability to score goals. Um, you know, we've seen that in the past from him. So that's, those are the types of things we're going to look, we'll look for if he's in. There it is. Third line tonight, Ooh, Robbie Fabry taking the place of Robert Thomas, playing alongside Tyler Bozak and Pat Maroon. We'll take a break. Coming back with my uh, Cardinal stats that I've probably built up too much. And people are really going to be expecting they were Lane uh, Thomas stats some too, fantastic they? <laughs> stuff. Brian Hoffman, any uh, sponsors we got to get to before we take the break? Uh, well, Offenberg Hyundai. Chuck, if you want to go uh, go buy a car, just go across the river. Matt Offenberg, place to go. For Martin gets his wheels. He is a big fan of Offenberg Hyundai. All right, we'll take a break. Coming back with the final 20 minutes or so of the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com.